0: It's good to see everybody so glad you're here this morning excited to uh be here with you um here's our scripture that we're going to kick off with this morning and and uh, uh, this is really I, I try to do this each year talk about the vision of where we're going this next year what does this year look like? Where do I feel like God's, as we've been praying and, and fasting and taking, uh, no, wait say I haven't fasted yet, we're getting ready to fast, but as I've been praying, um, it just where we feel like God's directing us. So let's open up with scripture this morning and it says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, according to the grace of God, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on a foundation of gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hair, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done." If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive his reward. If anyone's work is burned up, will suffer loss, though he himself being saved, but only as through the fire. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning, for this church, for these men and women. Um, Lord, I am blown away by your goodness, your faithfulness and what you do. So Lord, we love you and we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I want to give you a kind of a peek into um, this next year and what it looks like. The vision for w- what we are, believe God is calling us to. And, and this scripture talks about gold, silver, and precious stones. And it talks about wood, hay, and straw. And it talks about, you know, going through the fire, The, the what will survive. If you're building with wood, hay, and straw, it'll be burned up. But if you're building with gold, silver, and precious stones, it'll go into eternity. And I want to challenge us and really talk about what are we building with? What does that look like this next year? And these are the things, a couple of the things that I feel like God is calling us to in this next season, this next year. Gold being the holiness of God, silver the word of God, and precious stones, discipleship. These are the things that I believe God wants us to hold on to and grab a hold of and, and really wrestle and grapple with and, and, and grow in in this next year. In the start of 2023, uh, here's what I want to do. I'm going to look at who are we. If you're new here, it's great. You'll get a picture of who we are. If, you're, if you've been around for a while, it's a good reminder. Um, and anybody in between, Good luck. Okay, Uh, but what we wanna do is, who are we? And then we wanna look six months back, and then we wanna look six months forward. Now, always looking forward and always looking back, I think, is critical in life. You know, one of the things, if if you've done any marriage counseling with us, which several of you have uh, with Chris and I, one of the things we do in our marriage is every six months we get away. In fact, we're leaving tomorrow to get away for a couple days, and we look six months back in our marriage. And we, we, usually the first day, you know, uh, we, we go and it's, it's, we're happy because we're away from kids and we're, you know, somewhere and it's fun and so it's, it's, but we talk about the tough stuff, you know, what, how'd last year go? How are you as a wife and why were you so selfish, Chris, and so mean and why did you make me cry so much? And she repents and it's wonderful. And then, no, she, you guys know the, the yeah, okay um and then uh so then then we have dinner and all that stuff and then the next day we go back and and what we try to do is we go okay what does the next six months look like what are we going to do here's what we have found in relationship in marriage there are very few things that that get so out of control in a six-month period that you can't just adjust and make it better so I, I've taken this principle basically and said in the church here, let's look six months back, what happened this last six months, and then let's look a little six months, what God might have for us in the next six months. First and foremost, who are we? Who are we as a church? Who are we? Who has God called us to be? Pacific Point Church is, is a small piece, one piece of the, the large sea Catholic Church, this large sea church. We're just a small piece of that. Excuse me? yes it's 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 used in the apostles you want me i can come back and explain that later uh, not catholic in the form of, of denomination but it's used in the word of, as the church so first corinthians 12 12 to 13 says this for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so we're we're, we're one body mariners a little bit bigger just a little bit same body why is that funny Saddleback, same same church, big C. Grace, same church, big C. Members of one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free. We are all made to drink of one spirit. There's only one church in the world today. One Christian church. There's a lot of false churches, but there's only one we're just an expression of god's church i think an important expression as is the church over there and the church over there see the reason that church planning is so important is this that god is so uh uh, multifaceted we'll spend an eternity having him reveal himself to us he is so uh, uh just beautiful and wonderful and and a new church gives another representation of who god is that's why church planning is so important so we are an important part of that no more or less important than any of the other churches around here sometimes churches think they're more important sometimes churches think they're less important and it's not true it's not true Let's talk about who we are, the mission. Our mission, what we believe God has called us to at Pacific Point is this, is, to, is this learning to love and live like Jesus. Look, the simplicity of the gospel is the beauty of the gospel. And I like to go to the least common denominator in the crowd, which happens to be me. I, I, I was talking about this week. The, you know, USA Today is written at a seventh grade level. Did you know that? They, they purposefully... They want it written at a seventh-grade level, so they can capture all kinds of people, and understanding. You know, if if I was this this great theological theologian preacher, probably I couldn't understand myself. (laughs) But here's what I know: that I can learn to love and live like Jesus. See, at the end of the day, all this great theology that I want to grasp and I want to read and I want to understand and and be a part of is, is yes, I want to grow in those things. But at the end of the day, what I want more than anything is that we, this church, would love like Jesus, be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we would live like Jesus in kindness and grace and in mercy and goodness and all those different things. That's our mission here at Pacific Point Church. Seth, can we oh there you go let's see. um so l- l- let's go th- i'd skipped something okay there you go sorry about that uh this is our values this is what we value and i think it's good to always go back and kind of remind you of what wh- what we value number one is up in and out number one is up our relationship with god first and foremost before anything else we value your individual relationship with god okay number one number two Is is the end part we value relationship with others within this church Number three value is we value sharing our grace stories. What does that mean sharing the story of what Jesus did in your life? That's what we hold on to that's who we believe God has called us to do now You may say that that God's called every church to do that. Yes But this is where where we're gonna hold on and, and this is where we're gonna sit and what you'll hear about as a church so let's look at these real quick first and foremost up this relationship with god now acts 17 11, and you hear me quote this regularly says this now these jews were more noble than those in thessalonica they received the word with all eagerness examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so what that means for you and i in this up relationship with god is this when you hear me preach the gospel don't take us for our work Go back and search these scriptures. Look at these scriptures and take what we say and and match them up with the word of God and what it says. Now, I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes. I'm not talking about heresy, okay? I'm not talking about denial of Christ or divinity or or one of those things. I I may say something here. I don't know about that, but here's what I'm telling you. Come and get me. I'm open to it. I have a, have a, a team that, that I'm responsible to, and if you have an issue here, let me know. I'll give you their numbers, or ask Eddie if you want to talk about me, and he'll give you Daryl's number, or Tony's number, or or uh, or uh, Greg's number through our board that oversee things. The point is this: this isn't about me. This is about the Word of God. Amen. And you, as Christians, and too many Christians do this. They just sit in the crowd. They take what they pastor says, they walk out of here, they'll remember a word or two and kind of live a life. I, I want to be someone who searches these scripture for the truth. Match up with what God is saying to your pastor. Or to any preacher, for that matter. Up relationship, the holy word of God. As counterintuitive as it is, it, it, it may feel. Submission to God's word is critical. It is where true life and freedom is found. Freedom is found in these scriptures. Freedom is found in God's word. And, and, and what I say counterintuitive, is like, ah, I read my Bible today. No, 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 no. I get to read my Bible today, and I get to be free, and I get to see what God's doing and who he is and what he's about. <clears throat> the holy word of God, Hebrews 12, 4, 12, says this. When the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into the of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What does that mean? It means that word is alive. I've got a, a guy that I disciple, and a uh, businessman, and a great guy, and uh, I've spent years talking about the word. Read the word, or read your mind, read the word. Ah, you know, I mean, am on reading here or there, and he went through some real difficult times. So you know what happens when you go to difficult times, you actually listen to the pastor. So he went away and started reading the Word. Actually, like went on vacation, and, and he had some quiet time away from everything, and he started reading the Word, and all of a sudden, he's texting me. He's like, you'll never believe what the Bible said today. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going through this, this, and this, and I read the Scripture and spoke exactly what I was going through. I said, I won't tell you what I said. <laughs> he, two days later... Two days later, he's like, I-, I cannot believe how relaxed I am. I cannot believe what reading this Bible does for me. I'm like, I've been telling you for years. See, the Word of God is alive and active. And then he calls me uh, or texts me four or five days later. He's like, I read this scripture, and then I read it again a couple days later, and it said something totally different. I'm like, Whoa, wait, wait a second. The Bible does not contradict. He's like, no, that's what I'm saying. It, the illumination—it it showed me something i would never seen before. I said, well, "Alive and active, like a double-edged sword." Yeah. This word is alive, and when you eat it, it brings you to life. Mm-hmm. A relationship. The Bible is inspired. The Bible is true. The Bible is authoritative. The Bible is clear. It's sufficient. It's powerful. The Bible—it's Christ-centered. The Bible is holy. The Word of God. One of the things that I. I Want to do is implement some, some things. When when I played years ago, I was like, ah, oh, here he goes, another story. Um, from the moment when, well, when I was five when I started playing, all oh, you can test any athlete you can test this, to the day I retired at thirty from playing professional, there are a number of things that I did every single practice, from five to thirty. There are foundational things that that I, I just you you do every single time. I think there, there there are foundational things in our relationship. There are foundational things that I do with this woman every single day. And, and, and getting back to the basics is 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 something that uh, I really feel like God is saying. What does that mean? That means um, I don't have time to go into all of it, but. I love some of the liturgy, some of the things that the church may have lost in around 2000 when we started doing church planning and talk about just being secret friendly and making sure we don't offend anybody. I, I, I miss some of those things that we threw away that I used to do in the Lutheran church that I, I can still remember today because I recited them since I was a little kid. That I went through my phase and thought, "Oh, that's just rhetoric," and you're just doing it because no, no, I still remember it today. There's some things that I, I one of those things what I like to do is when we start doing our reading is stand up for the word. If the word is all of these things, and someone reads it, if I have people read it, I want to stand up in honor of this word. Oh, that's just, you know, just, man, goodness, us religion, all, no, 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 I want us to be at a point where, where we where we, we take this word and it means so much to us that can't sit in my seat, but I want to honor God and I want to stand. And as we read this word, I mean, what's it going to take? Two minutes? You can't stand for two minutes? I, I, I want to get back to that up relationship. God the Father. God is one, but He exists in three persons God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is infinite. He's incomparable. He's unchangeable. God is just everywhere. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent has all the power and all authority. This is our up relationship. This is who I'm in relationship with. Jesus, Jesus is the answer for our broken relationship with God. Jesus is the answer for our guilty conscience. Jesus is the answer for broken relationships with one another. Jesus is the answer for meaningless existence. Jesus is the answer to our worries, our doubts. He's the answer to the problems in this world. Up relationship God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit first and foremost, most critical, the Holy Spirit. He is not an it. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. He possesses a mind, emotion, and will. The Holy Spirit thinks and knows. He can be grieved, the Bible says. He intercedes for us, the Bible says. He makes decisions according to His will. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. As God the Holy Spirit can truly function as a com- comforter and counselor that Jesus promised he would be. Third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. So when I talk about up in and out, that's what we value. First and foremost is we value this relationship with God the Father. We value this relationship with Jesus and we value this relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what we value as a church. We could pretty much shut this thing down and just leave if we would do that. But, who else would I talk to then? (laughs) Number three, or two, is the end. Our relationship with others. Our relationship with others. Hebrews 10.25 says this, not neglecting to meet together as in the habits of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is he, what is, what's he saying today? Don't forsake church. Don't forsake the meeting of the brother. Don't forsake small groups and life groups. Ah, here we go. Let's touch some hot buttons. Don't come to... I can't say that. I'm come to church just twice a month. Can I say that? I just said it. So does it count that I didn't say it, or does that count as I said it? I just don't forsake coming together. Something happens when I see you guys. When you, hopefully when you see me, when you see each other, there's an accountability, there's excitement, there's a there's there's a, a likeness around this, this God that we serve, this relationship with Jesus. He says, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren." Hebrews 10. Actually, that's Acts 2. It should be. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. When when, when people came together in the first century church, just miraculous things happened. People got changed. People loved one another well. When someone had a need, someone said, here you go, what do you need? That's the church. That's the end. The up is, is, is our personal relationship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The end is with, with us as a community. Then there's the out, which is sharing our great story. Look, if you came into a relationship with Jesus, if you had an encounter with the creator of heaven and earth, then you have a story. Second Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4.2 says this. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, you have a story that needs to be told. You need to preach the gospel. Romans ten fourteen says this: How then will they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? It's my. Is something wrong with my mic. Sorry. <laughs> They're asking. Is it? No. Yes. uh, There's like hand signals back there. I don't know what's going going on. It's not working? All right. You guys can hear me. We can hear you. Sorry, I'm like, should have (laughs) been here live. Terrible. I'm sorry. That's not very nice. It's not even a lie here and hang out, so I apologize. But we need to share. We've got to share our stories. Look, the gospel doesn't just stop right here with me. The, stuff, the gospel comes into me and then goes out and flows out of me to others that's the way God meant it to be that we would be truly the hands and feet of Jesus that we would be the mouthpiece that we would preach the gospel where we work where we play, where we live in our communities, in our neighborhoods that's the outfit God has called us to and as the church, if you've been here long enough you hear me push on that and ask you to get uncomfortable and to go into those places and preach the gospel what God has called us to. I said at point, church, we want to learn to love and live like Jesus. And what we value is up in and out a relationship with God, a relationship with others, and sharing our grace stories. That's what we value. That's what you'll hear. Hopefully, that's what you have heard. Well, let's look back. The Bible's really clear in Psalms 103 uh, about remembering. About remembering. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals your disease, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, as that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Remembering is, is, is critical in our lives. Remembering, when we, uh, our kids were little, um, we, we took about a month, maybe longer. We had this big van. We loaded everybody in. There There's seven of us. Yeah, seven, and we just drove across country. We spent a month just driving. We drove all the way to uh, Tennessee and, and drove back. And one of the, the reasons we did this was was this very thing here. We wanted our children to remember something. Ken, do you remember that trip? Hard to get. That trip. <laughs> <laughs> and some scars there, but uh, for the most part, we wanted to create memories to grab a hold of, to, to hold on to. And, and it's the same thing in this church, in, in remembering what God has done, remembering His faithfulness in our lives and, and what He is doing. What did we see God do? Yeah, you know, this statement, this is a year ago, not six months, but this is your last week you can meet in the school. You know, that, that was last Christmas, a year ago. And we're like, where are we going to be? What are we going to do? And then God brings us this place. Does anybody miss the red in the flag? <laughs> oh, yes. Sir. You guys said no. Gosh. That's what it looked like. You can see. That's what this room looked like when we when we were we met in the first week, which was the beginning of December. And then now, what God has done, and who He has filled these these seats with. Uh, you, you're not going to make me hold that, are you? No, I'm just get it. Thanks. Oh. Does that mean I've this? Is my mic not on for you guys? Yeah, Really? really? Did I forget to turn it on? <laughs> hey, I work alone. <laughs> <laughs> it throws me holding a mic, but I'm going to do it for you guys. Uh, the word that, that, that <laughs> <laughs> i What <probably, laughs> right, not. Right. It's not on either. It's on. Can I take this off then? Yes. Okay. I guarantee you this isn't happening at Rock Harbor today. <laughs> Darn it. Okay.
1: Sorry. The word, the word I felt God gave us last year was
0: this: Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer in you. That the answer is you don't have to look out there in the world we talked about this regularly. The, the answer is in you. It's Jesus. When you come into that saving grace, that saving relationship with Christ Jesus, the answers that you're looking for is right there. It's Jesus in you. What did we see God do? We saw him bring new people to faith. We saw baptisms. We saw people grow and strengthen people in their faith. Uh, we met needs. God met needs through this church in miraculous ways. We we're able to to grab a hold of a couple of new missionaries and 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 grab a hold of of some families and help i mean god did some incredible things this last year this uh, it, i'm blown away by god's faithfulness we had worship nights and we had baptisms and we had barbecues and Okay, so We haven't gone on a mission trip. That's coming. I promise you we're going to go on a, a short term or some kind of mission trip. But, but we have supported new missionaries. Our young adults life group is, is going fantastic and our men's group is incredibly average but we love it. And, and the women's life group is amazing. We've, we're just watching God do some cool stuff. The preaching the last six months, if you remember, we, we started off this, this summer with building a biblical worldview. Highly recommend if you didn't uh, weren't here for this, you can go back and you can listen to it. There's some great stuff that we went through talking about what we as Christians need to walk in and that biblical worldview is so important in our lives. And then we uh, moved on to the book of James and, and we spent quite a bit of time in the book of James and walked through that and, and wrestled through that and, and, and thoroughly enjoyed our time in, in that book also last, last six months. And what we say regularly is, is that we're growing in our relationship with the Lord. And how do we do that? We do it through the word, reading and journaling, through prayer, conversations with Jesus, through worship, through music and words, each and Every day each and every day. That's what we've encouraged you to do. That's what we're encouraged to do in this church and as Christians. So now let's look forward. What does God have for us in the next six months? What is he asking us to do? What does that look like the next six months? What do I believe God is saying? Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Hold on right there. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to you as a believer in Christ Jesus. That's powerful. We could just stop there and and spend the rest of the day. He says, so then go therefore to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. It's a mandate that God gives us to go. He says, go and make disciples. Go and reproduce. The world was changed because Jesus took 12 men, poured his life into them for three years, and now we have some 2 billion people that claim to be believers. started with 12. Discipleship is the the reproduction method that God meant it to be. It's a picture of parenting and, and how it's a picture of parenting is that, that there's this natural instinct in us that it wants to reproduce and then we reproduce and then, and then those that we reproduced reproduce. Speaking of reproducing, I've got reproduction happening in my family. I've got uh, two grandbabies coming. Come on. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, good. Okay. See, I always, uh, it's easier to ask forgiveness and permission. Am I allowed to say that? Sorry, I should have asked. And then uh, TJ and Lily are also pregnant. So come on, baby. So it, see, this, this is what God is talking about. You, you, you reproduce in your children, and then your children reproduce in their children. And it's the principle of discipleship. When you get saved and Jesus grabs a hold of your life, you don't just hold it in here. You give it to someone else. But it's not discipleship until someone else that you gave it to gives it to someone else. It's generational. It doesn't stop with one person. See, discipleship is, is lost in the church in many ways. But I, I, I can't get away from it. I, I have men that I disciple. I've been in this thing for so long. And as a pastor, I, I've got to challenge us to be disciples of Christ. It's a mandate that he gives us. There's no way around it. I don't care if you're 12 and you have a relationship with Jesus or you're 100 and have a relationship with Jesus. He calls us to reproduce. That gold, that silver, that precious stone, it it, it is discipleship. So why don't we disciple? You know why? Because we don't mature in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, it says this, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, Now, isn't that interesting? He says, as people of the flesh, but he's not talking about sinners. Because right after that, he says, as infants in Christ. So what he's saying is, is we've got these immature Christians that are walking in the flesh, are being fleshly. I fed you milk, not solid food. You are not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready, yet ready, for you're still of the flesh. Look, I I, I can't, as a pastor, I I can't walk in that life myself. I'm not saying I don't ever. I'm saying I just can't sit there. Therefore, as a pastor in the church, I can't allow us to sit in this place where it's just, oh, let's let's drink the milk. I was going to use a phrase, but I ended up getting in trouble with that. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Eddie. I can't allow us just to sit in this place of just, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to get by. I, it just, and, and it may offend you. You may, you may not come back. Okay. I pray that no one leaves. But, but I can't not challenge you with what this word says, including challenging myself. I would not stand for my children to stay as children and babies. That doesn't mean that times they don't act like a baby in the same way that there aren't times that I, as a, as a Christian pastor, act like a baby. That's not what I'm talking about. But I refuse to let my, my 13-year-old daughter act like a, a five-year-old. It's absurd. You wouldn't put up with it. I don't put up with it. Why should God put up with it with us? He calls us to grow in maturity, to get off the mother's milk, but solid food. It's for the mature. It's wood, hay, and straw. It's not wood, hay, and straw. It's gold, silver, and precious stones. So in 2023, I, I, I want us to train and, and, and I want to ask everyone who has a relationship with Jesus and calls this church their home, this is what I'm going to ask, to meet with one person this year, to, to have this uh, this discipleship. Now, we'll break it down because I'm going to do a series on it and talk about it. It's not as complicated or as overwhelming as you might think. For some of us, it's literally just, hey, you want to sit down and have coffee twice a month? And being one step ahead of someone and allowing someone a place that is safe to build a relationship and tell them about Jesus. Maybe tell them about your life and how God changed you or what He's doing in your life. It's as simple as that, or it's as complex as you diving deep into this word and 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 dissecting this word and everything in between. Here's what I know. When I step in the faith and and do what God has called us to this mandate, God is faithful to give me the wisdom to do what He's called me to do. So fear is not an option, it's not an excuse. It's literally being one step ahead of, of the person behind you and bringing them with you. In 2023, if you're going to be in this church, which I believe if you're called to, that I, I'm going to challenge you to disciple someone. To disciple someone. We're going to have these men's groups that will start in, in February. Small groups of discipleship groups with the men. The women are doing their study. But we're also talking about individual stuff. okay. Six six four, our preaching calendar for for and, uh, 2023. uh This is this is what it is. You you can take a picture of this, but you can't hold me to it. But it's ninety five percent going to stay just like that. I have to have the latitude to uh, maybe flip a couple things, but this is what I believe God has called us to. Um, Holy, 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 discipleship, who's eating your fruit in Galatians, the book of Galatians. What does that look like? Holy, holy, holy. This is something that, as I was praying this week, I felt like God grabbed a hold of, because it's the foundation. The holiness of God unlocks the key to worship. The holiness of God is, is foundational. When I understand who God is and I understand who I, am, who I am, then I have a great understanding of what he's called me to do. But when I really don't believe or understand the holiness of, and the goodness of God, then I'm in this place over here of just going, yeah, I can pretty much do what I want. God doesn't care. He's, he'll put up with it. See, but when I really understand that God is perfect in his holiness, and that that as the Bible says in Revelation, that the angels bow down night and day and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, the Lord God Almighty. When I understand the holiness of God, when I understand who he is, it changes me. Thank you. Then we're going to get into a series on discipleship. That's the mandate that God calls us to. And we'll do three or four weeks on that. And then we're getting into this series called Who's Eating Your Fruit, which is the go. And it's all about you going out and how do you get, because here's the deal. Everyone's eating fruit in life. And they're eating off your tree. And the question that we ask is, are they eating good fruit or are they eating bad fruit? See, when you walk into a situation and you're a complete idiot, they're eating fruit. It's just sour. sour. It's rotten. You walk into a situation and you bring life and you bring hope, they're eating your fruit. It's sweet. And identifying that and understanding that is critical as we are called to go into the world. What do I believe God is saying for the next six months? Send them. To send you out. Send you out to go be who God has called you to be. Matthew 10, 5. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them. So what does that mean? We want to instruct and we want to send. We want to send. And for some of you you're freaking out right now. And that's all right. It is it's it's I'm telling you God's faithful and he will do miraculous things. What do I want to do? I want to continue to learn and love and live like Jesus. I want to continue for us to continue in our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and our relationship with others out there. What do I believe God is asking of us in 2023 is where it gets fun. Um, to come into uh, service expecting him to speak. I, I, w- I want you to come on Sunday, not just because it's what you do. I want you to come on Sunday, and one of the things we're going to do, I want you to come expecting God to speak to you. And number four there says take notes and review. And next week I will have these notebooks for everybody out front. And I am asking you, and I can see you because I'm sitting up here looking there. I'm asking you to take notes. I'm asking you to grab a hold of what God is saying and then even take it and review it throughout the week. I'm asking that we expect, if God is God and it's a relation, He's a relational God and we have this relationship with Him, then I am coming expecting Him to say something to me. That expectancy that God will move in my life. What what are, what are we believing? What am I believing God for? To make church and life groups a priority. Make it a priority. It's so easy to say ah, I can't. I don't have time for a life group. It's so easy. To say, I don't have time to come this Sunday. I'm asking you to make it a priority. If God is God, the Creator of heaven and earth, and I am who He says I am, disciple of Christ, then the priority in my life is Jesus. Is Jesus. And that's not religious. That's not self-righteous. That's, that's not, you know, because I, 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 about tithes and offerings. That's not about anything other than what God wants to speak to us. Take notes and review. Pray for others. I want us to pray for the lost. I want us to pray for family members. I want us to pray for others. I want us to pray and look for opportunities for discipleship. Is there someone in your life that needs to meet and have coffee twice a month, once a week? Is there someone in your life? I want you to share your grace stories. I know most of the stories of people in here. There's some amazing stories, and God's done some amazing stuff in, in, in some amazing ways, and, and, and your stories need to be told. Someone wants to hear your life and what God's done and the hope that God has brought through you. Sharing your grace stories is critical. It's critical. To what God has called us to. Lastly, and this is the part about kind of going back to the going back to the old. There's two things that I I, I want to bring back, and that's the Apostles' Creed and the Benediction. I'm going so denominational. I love it. It's just you know uh, you're gonna be start. Yeah. Uh, the Apostles' Creed. Do you, does anybody does anybody remember the Apostles' Creed? I, it, what was, it wasn't called the Apostles' Creed because, um, uh, uh, because of the Apostles. It was because they, the, the foundation of what they taught was in this creed, that it was there. It was a presentation of that. It says it, it was formed and dated no later than the 4th fourth, uh, fourth century. More than, than any other Christian creed, it may justly be called an ecumenical symbol of faith. So, Why? Why do you want to bring this back, Pastor? Why do you want to do the? Uh, you know why? Because, it, it, as I said, as a young boy, I remember saying it, and it, it reinforces the foundations of doctrine in me to discern error because I have truth in me, to rehearse it at any time that I can bring it back and speak it. Here's what it is. And uh, I, I want you to say it together right now. We're going to start saying it before or after communion But I I want to read it together, and we want to read this each and every week. It says this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, Father Almighty. From there we will come to judge the living and the dead and believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. It's a declaration. It's a foundation of our scripture and it's it's beautifully written it's a remembrance of what God's done who he is and and I feel like that's what God's calling us to the second thing is the benediction that's starting next week the benediction is Latin word bene well uh, it, decree we get that word decree from here it's a short invocation to divine help a blessing or guidance and and when we go out from Starting next week, I want you to hold your hands out and I want to give you a blessing. I want, to, I want to pronounce a blessing. I do it regularly, but I do it kind of stealth, you know, when we're praying. Lord, bless these guys as they go. Let them be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want you to expect that when you walk out of this place, that God's spirit will work through you. That there'll be a blessing on you. And that's as as leaders and and elders in the church, and that's that's our job is to send you with a blessing. And, it, and it's as simple as this out of Numbers 624. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace this day and night and forevermore. Amen. Now, your part in that is receiving the blessing that is being spoken over you. That is being spoken over you. Now, that's what I believe God has called us to as a church. For some of you, you may be running for the door. It's like, ah. It's like, uh, uh, what is, uh, what's what's in, in war when they have uh, remembering things? What's it called? I just went blank. Flashbacks or, or what? PST. You know, some of you... PST, PTSD. Jeez, I, you guys are gonna have some after this. You know, from you're all, you know, my old Lutheran days when we went through all this stuff, you're like, ah, oh, you know, but, but I, I am believing this year that God's gonna do something spectacular. I really believe that He's moving in a dynamic, new way. I don't mean new outside of who He is but I mean new when we are open to do and hear what God might say. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, let's receive communion as Joe and the band comes up. And hopefully they gave you a picture into what we're thinking this next year. Look, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please let me know. Please let me know. Um, thank you. I want to seal this and pray over this and I want you to, before you receive communion, I want you to just kind of, as we always do, examine our hearts and, and ask God. For Some of you may go, on, I don't know if I'm supposed to be in this church. That's fine. I want those who are called to be in this church. Because if you're not supposed to be in this church, you're supposed to be somewhere else. And God needs your gifting there. I don't need anybody here that's not called to be here. I need those who are called to be here to fulfill and walk in the fullness of why God called them to be here. And if that means 10 of us, I'm all right with that. I don't think it's 10, but I'm all right with that. And if the church could just hold that loosely and go, God, give me who you're going to give me. And, and not worry about everybody else. So here's what I, I want. Before you receive communion today, on your own here, just examine your life. God, what are you calling me to? Does, does this resonate? Does it resonate? And uh, if it does, I, I want just, I love God's grace. God, forgive me for not walking in the fullness of what you have. Lord, this year I want to walk in the fullness of what you have. Just repent. That's the beauty of the cross. Just align your will with his. And let's see what God might do this year. Let's see what God might do. I'm coming with expectations. I- I'm believing God's going to do some magnificent stuff. So let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. God, I thank you that some 2,000 years ago, he gave his life for us. Before he went to the cross, he took the bread and said, this is my body that's been broken for you. And he took the wine and said, this is, represents my blood that's been spilled for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. God, as we receive the elements today, God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to us, you'd guide us and you'd direct us. In Jesus' precious name, Amen.